You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or on our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for July 13th, 2018. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where no one is under subpoena, going to jail, or trashing America's allies, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Who's going to make out like a, like a fat rat this week? I heard that uh, there is somebody who's going to make out. Uh, our sponsors, our new sponsors. Uh, Hello Fascist, the at-home meal kit for Republicans. Oh, yeah. They're all going to have to dine in for a long time. They're not really our sponsors, by no, the way. No, but They are having a special offer this week, this week only. Hello Fascist is featuring a special. That'll show them sushi. You can own the libs with an $80 order of traditional contemporary or fusion sushi, specifically designed to be thrown dramatically away to show the left that you mean business. Hello Fascist, because those people are definitely peeing in your food. Yeah, and you can own the libs by throwing away your $80 restaurant meal. Yes, you can. So yeah. so you should order it from our sponsor, Hello Fascist. But the, the big winner this week was really the Rube Tube. <laughs> it, I have to say, the Rube Tube had a lot of uh, video washing to do yeah. this week. It, 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 the, their website almost crashed. Uh, they cut <laughs> us a huge, you know, we're an early adopter, so they cut us a huge check, uh, <laughs> imaginary check, just so we're all clear. All of our sponsors are imaginary. Uh, but if your political party just set fire to its own wish hunt and then drove the entire thing off a cliff, what are you going to do? Oh, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They did that on live TV. That's the well, problem. Well, that, that is the problem. And that's why there's there's uh, in the RubeTube world, there's a little bit of past posting going on, <laughs> which uh, fans of the Sting know are when you hold the results of a race just long enough to get down a bet on a race that's already been won. So at RubeTube, your worries are over because they will automatically decontextualize the Republican fiasco of the day, whatever it might be, and reassemble it as a heroic saga of MAGA saving America from the international crime bosses at the FBI. This week, just type in the offer code GOMERT to begin enjoying soothing 100% fact-filtered news today. The Rube Tube, it's Fox News without Shep Smith. Let me ask you something, Drift Glass. Yes, Blue Gal. That was that was sort of the anomaly of the week was Gomert and Fox News's reaction to Gomert, and uh-huh. let's just provide the background for future generations. Uh, this was Strazek's, uh testimony uh, on air testimony. I'm going to call uh, him Strock from now on. Strock, Strock. For- okay, mm-hmm. Strock's testimony, and uh, yes, the Republicans tried to box in his bias that somehow. FBI agents are only supposed to investigate people they like. Right. And so <laughs> right. kind of makes it difficult. But uh, and also that the fact that uh, actually Strzok kept uh, the investigation of the Trump campaign secret until well after the election right. it, uh, means he's biased <laughs> against Trump somehow. It, it, well, that's the that's the problem, because they have a set of talking points. Mm-hmm. which make absolutely no sense individually and taken collectively just sort of annihilate each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There's this massive FBI conspiracy to derail the Trump campaign and cost him the election that they, that they, that they initiated by hiding incriminating evidence about Donald Trump being a Russian agent 
and trashing and rushing, Hillary Clinton. And rushing Hillary to get Hillary Clinton's information yeah. out right before the election, right? And, in an October surprise, yes. And so, and that's one bumper sticker. The other bumper sticker, yeah, there's 20 of them. The, yeah. the having of having negative opinions about Donald Trump means you are, you should recuse yourself from anything to do with that, especially investigations, because you can't be trusted. And right. then, of course, Democrats just read from the place where Republicans dare not go. That's the past. Past, yes. And, and yes. all these quotes from uh, Paul Ryan, major Republicans right up and down the aisle going, Donald Trump can't be trusted. Donald Trump's a disaster. Donald Trump should step aside. Ted Cruz, Donald Trump's a dirty, dirty old man and should keep his filthy hands off my life. On and on. All these horrendous, fuck you. Donald Trump is going to be a disaster. Donald Trump's a criminal. He's a liar. He's a racist scumbag from prominent Republicans, mm -hmm. most of whom now sit in Congress. Well, and the thing that struck and all of these Republicans have in common is these are white, privileged men who thought Hillary was going to win. And Absolutely. then they could run a lawnmower over her. That's right. They and so they, and they could run a lawnmower over her before the election, after the election. She was It was open season on Hillary Clinton no matter what. It was. It, she's their Jesus. Right. She's the one who will redeem all their sins, and it doesn't matter that we nail, nail her to the cross every single day. Yep. Right. Because she'll 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 love us anyway. She'll redeem us anyway. So we can go right on being monstrously evil assholes, and she'll win anyway. And that'll give mm -hmm. us a, a free eight year run, four to eight year run, at just just trashing her every fucking day. Right. But instead, they elected a fascist. They elected the man who is the the id, the true beating heart of the Republican Party, and always has been for for as long as I've been alive. But, but both so, both uh, Laura Ingram yes. and Brit Hume, both of them came out against Gomert, sure. against everything Gomert was saying and well, saying Strzok was not a sympathetic character until Gomert spoke. And now he's sympathetic. Well, Gomert's and, the easy target. I mean, you know, Gomert's okay. the one you can dunk on and say, well, Gomert, you know, but I, I want to be fair to both sides here, blue gal. Mm -hmm. okay. On one side, Louis Gohmert is clearly insane. On the other side, all Democrats and liberals are traitors who are trying to destroy Donald Trump. So that's the way you get – well, I wondered if it had anything to do with the fact that Gohmert stepped over the line in talking about Strzok's extramarital affair and lying to his wife when – if you're going to go down that road, you're yeah. going to find out that there's documentation that Donald Trump cheated on all three of his wives. Sure. And if you look at uh, Republican members of that committee, there's a whole series of, you know, extramarital affair, divorce, extramarital affair, divorce, and no one wants to open any of those closets. So the best thing to do is smack Louis Gohmert for even bringing that up as crossing over a line. Well, and Louis Gohmert is just a lump. I mean, you, you can hit yeah. him all day long, and the, the good people of, of Texas are going to reelect him anyway. Yeah, that's, true. that's That's true. They're, you know, inbred gas-sipping hicks, and they love Louis <laughs> Gohmert. But the point being that all of these individual freestanding bullshit talking points that were just just burned to the ground. I mean, they just, just were leveled. Yep. By simply by remembering what Donald Trump had done and what Republicans right. had said about it. Right. Yeah. Using yeah. that liberal superpower of memory to mm -hmm. just quote them back to themselves. And you can see Trey Gowdy getting smaller and whiter yeah. and angrier and, and slipperier and greasier and uglier by the minute. He was just getting it because this is the by my count, third or fourth witch hunt that he has just fucked up. He has set it on fire and drove it off a cliff. And this is the guy who wants to be a judge. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the guy who's who's leaving in a couple of months and and is uh, presumably wanted to wash his hands of all of this and let everyone forget that he's he's the problem. He's a plague bearer. 
So, but the but that's the problem. They have they don't have a policy. They don't have a narrative. They have a bunch of freestanding, completely ludicrous conspiracy theories and talking points. None of which make sense, and none of which make sense collectively. Individually, they're dumb. Collectively, they're insane. And so, you need Fox News to extract from the eleven hours of hearing four minutes of Republicans shaking their fist at at uh, Peter Strzok. And 30 seconds of him looking smirky and smartass and tell the morons who watch Fox News that that's the story. Yep. These righteous, yep. good Republicans who really did stand up for uh, against one of our own, uh, Louis Gohmert, who, who we think he just stepped over the line. He exercised bad judgment, very much like Peter Strzok did. And and show the reprogrammable meatbags who watch Fox News and believe everything they're told on there that what they didn't see, but can be that can be filtered through the Fox News um, lower intestine and fed directly into their mouths is, in fact, Republicans being righteous and true and defending America against a monstrous out of control FBI. No one who saw that actually live on television could possibly reach that conclusion. And that's why. That conclusion will never, ever see the light of day on Fox News. That's why they put Bill Shine in charge of White House messaging. Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, the, the we've said this before. The House, all House hearings under Republicans exist solely to produce 30-second, one-minute sound bites for Fox News. Exactly. They're yeah. not designed to investigate anything. They're not designed to advance anything. They're not designed to find the truth. They're designed to give Daryl Issa or Jim Jordan or, or Trey Gowdy or the rest of this, you know, this gallery of horrors, a chance to shine in front of the meatbags who think that they're geniuses. Mm-hmm. And that's all they did. That's literally all. That's how that's how completely depraved the Republican Party is. Uh, it is not salvageable. It cannot be salvaged. The Republican Party is complete cultural dead loss. And the only way to fix the country is to burn it down and start over. And, and to and of class, I really think that the Democratic Party needs to split into. <laughs> yeah, one, one, and then you have two sides again, yeah. working, you know, fighting each other over how far left we're going to go, and uh, we agree on science, we agree on women's rights, gay rights, uh, non-white rights. We are the anti-white supremacy, anti-white nationalism party. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have values. We value each individual, and we value equality. And that's why, on one level, I'm furious and scared and panicky about uh, the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to this fight mm-hmm. because we are about to have a fight in America about whether women are people. Right. And gays are people mm-hmm. and non-whites are people. And as you said to me the other day when I brought this up, I'm like, yeah, let's have a show of hands on this yeah. right now, you know? Uh, so if you don't mind, I'm going to just uh, say a few things about uh, checking in with everybody. Yeah. And I, we got a check for $10 this week that had in the memo line, therapy copay. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to thank the listener who sent that. Uh, it made me chuckle. Um, I I don't take myself seriously. I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not interested in being anyone's therapist. If you need a therapist, get a therapist. I'm not your therapist. But I do take uh, seriously the responsibility that you and I have, Drift Glass, of um, being honest with our, li- our wonderful listeners 
and multiple listeners about how we feel and how we work to feel better or how we work to feel uh, that we can be effective. And being honest about that starts a conversation. And that's a good thing. I think that's exactly the speech my mom gave me before she told us that she was getting a divorce. So just <laughs> just so you know, folks, we're not getting a divorce. We're happily married. We're oh, on, no, we're 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 very happy. We're, we're going to yes. go and go and go until until this is all behind us. And we're at episode, by the way, heads up, everyone. This is episode 449. Next week will be the 450th episode. The and there's, there's another landmark happening this week, too, on Monday. Yes, there is. A certain beautiful mm -hmm. woman is having a birthday. Yeah, I'm um, turning 55. She is. She yeah. Is. She's so. Gorgeous. And she's all I mine. Want... <laughs> so hands off, people. I want, I want $5.50 for my birthday. Really? <laughs> my daughter asked me, what do you want for your birthday? I said, I want all our listeners, all my listeners that can afford it, to send me $5.50. <laughs> if you round it up to six. No one's gonna. No one's gonna look. Right. Well, five fifty pays for the PayPal fee and gives me five bucks. That's so true. that's true. You know, and and then we can pay the car insurance for the two teenagers who are yeah. on our exciting. insurance. Right, going on our insurance this month. <laughs> so the floor is yours. Uh, Please, I'm stepping out of the way. Um, hat tip to Erin Keene, who uh, is an editor at Salon. She tweeted on June twenty seventh. Every woman I know has been storing anger for years in her body and is starting to feel like bees are going to pour out of all of our mouths at the same time. And uh, that spoke to me about Kavanaugh and SCOTUS and Trump and Roe v. Wade and uh, the silencing that's going to happen of uh, any decision that Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, you know, she's going to become the dissent uh, now. Um, so what as I've been writing about this and thinking about it, uh, I th I'm thinking about three tactics that I'm taking. One is to stay in the real and the now. Uh, don't allow what might happen to carry me away. I, I can't do that. I have to stay in the real and the now and work. Mm -hmm. And, and do what I can do. And that means working toward electing Democrats. That means doing this podcast. It means writing passionately about these issues. Stay in the real and the now. At the same time, prepare to punish states and legislatures that deny women's equality under the law. And uh, another person, Karen Wilson, uh, tweeted if uh, in response, actually, to Aaron Keene, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, there will be a civil war uh, fought by angry women, and we will win. Yeah. Uh, that means civil disobedience. That means, uh, and and this is the interesting that thing. The difference between 1973 and now is uh, most abortions take place uh, by a woman taking two pills, mm -hmm. and uh, I see a whole underground railroad of those pills being made available to women in states where it's not available. Uh, you know that's going to happen, um, and just. The total lack of understanding on the right of the, in this deny choice issue of how women's bodies work is astounding. I, I'd like to remind our, our listeners that when Rush Limbaugh decided he would go off on a on a, a yeah. dickhead Jeremiah against Sandra Fluke. Right. He kept talking about how, how she takes these pills. Because she wants yeah. to have a lot of sex. She takes them every day because she wants to have a lot of sex. And I think I should be able to see that because I'm paying for those pills. Because yeah. he thinks it's yeah. Viagra. 
I mean, right, he, and, which is what he takes, that, right? That's how that really, truly, I'm not kidding. That really, truly is how stupid Republican men mostly are about anything to do with women at all. Well, and they're discouraged from talking about it because it's icky. Right. So, and I, I recall uh, a few years ago, um, I think it was Wisconsin. Might, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Wisconsin. There was a anti-choice movement to uh, prevent medical schools from teaching the procedure of uh, dilation and cutilage, the DNC that uh -huh. you do with women. And I've had two of those as a part of infertility treatment in order to have children. Yep. Uh, this anti-choice movement wanted to stop medical schools from teaching DNCs, because if you know how to do a DNC, you know how to perform an abortion. So let's just stop doctors from being able to perform life-saving, fertility-saving procedures. <laughs> you know, this is this is where it, you realize, oh, this isn't about babies. This is about power. And so, uh, but but getting back to the tactics, stay in the real and the now. Prepare to punish states and legislatures that deny women's equality under the law. And focus and stay positive about your argument. This That's number three. Stay positive as far as you can that this is about women's equality under the law. Michelle Wolf this week tossed confetti in the air and said, if you want an abortion, get one. If you don't want an abortion, don't get one. <laughs> abortion should be available to everybody. And she's in a majorette's uniform, red, white, and blue, tossing confetti in the air. And uh, this led to Ben Shapiro going to the Twitter and lecturing Michelle Wolf about contraception. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which led me to, to point out that, oh my gosh, this is the 50-50 rule in politics that you have talked about, Drift Glass, yep. for years. Yep, yep. yep which is half the field. And if as as long as we keep moving right and giving half the field to the right, who keeps moving right, all of our politics will move right. Yeah. Whereas if we toss confetti in the air about abortions, all of a sudden, here's this conservative that wants to talk about a pro-contraception right. argument. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's start throwing confetti in the air about abortion. If you want one, get one. If you don't want one, don't get one. <laughs> And abortion confetti for everybody and having pro, all of a sudden pro-contraception conservatives, that's when you win. Remembering that one in four women in this country have had an abortion and that many of those women are Republican conservative, yada, yada, yada. They I, are I all, guess, you know, this is, yeah. I would guess most. <laughs> I'm not saying well, you know, 70 you're not, you're not kidding. Yeah. I'm because saying most. Who, the who, shame... The shame associated with out-of-wedlock pregnancy in the right wing is higher. And who sucks at, at sex education more than yeah. conservative evangelicals? The, the Planned Parenthood Clinic in Birmingham, Alabama was a busy place. Mm -hmm. And it was a busy place uh, not only for abortion services, but because you went there for birth control before ACA, before, you know, coverage was mandated for birth control. You went there to buy birth control because you didn't want your granny and grandpa to know that you were having sex before right. marriage. That's right. And so you could go there and have a private conversation with someone who was not your pediatrician or your family doctor who, who goes to church with you 
and get private, clinical, good advice about sex education and contraception. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and I've mentioned many times, you know, the <laughs> the shopping trip to Atlanta, uh-huh. which is where you go to a private clinic, not a Planned Parenthood, a private clinic, and take cash and go to Atlanta for the weekend and have it taken care of. You know, and that is that is a thing in Birmingham when I live there. Uh, so punishment for denying equal rights under the law. And if you think that's not effective, if you think that kind of punishment might not be effective, let's ask Papa John Schnatter. <laughs> yeah. If, you know, if public pressure and uh, really uh, public opinion mm-hmm. in the Twitter world and the public world uh, isn't effective because he's now... Uh, using the N-word in a conference call, which his crime isn't just insensitivity and racism. Mm-hmm. He really, truly felt his wealth shielded him yes, he did. from consequences. Affordable Care Act, especially. Right. Affordable Care Act. He, he bitched about that. And I'm going to increase the price of my pizza and not pay. I don't want to give health insurance to my employees. They were, I work hard enough and uh, bitched and bitched and bitched. And then this thing happened where his advertising agency left him. Uh, his and and actually, actually, it wasn't an advertising agency; it was a crisis management media company called the Laundry the Laundry pe- Laundry Room. I think when it was. When a crisis management company quits, you really they quit because he said he said something to the effect of Colonel Sanders could say N word. Why can't I? Uh, yeah. Two reasons. First of all, uh, <laughs> it was the fifties. Second of all, yeah. his chicken tastes tastes good, and your pizza tastes like shit on a shingle. Yeah. So, <laughs> I've got nine other reasons, but you know, you you go right ahead there, Papa. You tell right. us all about right. it. Right. Well, and now they've removed his face from the napkins today. Yeah. You know, he's not CEO. The uh, University of Louisville has taken Papa John's name off of their stadium. Oops. Uh, there's, an, there's an NFL team that had a. Every time we score, we score five touchdowns. You get a free pizza. That that promotion's over. Um, it's a very bad week for Papa John's Pizza, uh, and you know they may they may turn it around or they may just go out of business. We just don't know yet. You know what I think? Um, if I may yeah. add one thing, I think at long last, Todd Aiken uh, <laughs> has has been redeemed. Todd Todd Aiken was the Republican nominee for uh, the Senate from Mm -hmm. Missouri, from the great state of Missouri uh, in 2012. And he had a whole theory about legitimate rape and so on and so forth. But here's what he got right. He just didn't know it. The female body does have ways to shut this whole thing down. Shut this whole thing down. That's right. And that's what's about to happen. Women are going to shut this whole thing down and reject. I probably have to do it at the state level. And, uh, you know, that that's a fight that we would rather not have. Yeah. Um, This fight against Trump is a fight we'd rather not have. But you know what? You drop us in the middle of a war zone and Mm -hmm. we're going to fight back and it's not going to be pretty. And it's you're going to lose. Um. I also wanted to uh, read a couple things. One is um, a quote from Fred Rogers. Yes. Um, and we're going to go see this movie this week, I hope, for my birthday. Yes. Mr. Rod- Even Your though birthday. he said, I don't want to take you to a movie where you're going to cry for 45 minutes. I said, That's okay. I'm, 
I sometimes like to cry. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Fred Rogers said, and he was talking about covering national tragedies for children and covering death, the passing of a family member for children and covering divorce for children. You know, he, he, ha- he handled some really serious issues on his show. He did. Um, and, and talked about it in a very honest way for children, but in a way that, that was healing for them. Um, he was very conscious. Uh, he, he taught children. This article that I'm reading is from the Tai. Hold on. The, the Tai T Y E E. Uh, He's, this article says he talked about it in a way that was gentle, clear, and brave. And here's what he said. Sometimes we need to struggle with a tragedy to understand the gravity of life. Love is what keeps us together and afloat. And so that's where we are right now. And I'm focused on that. That, yes, we've been put in the middle of some really horrible battles and we feel like we're going to have bees swarming out of our mouth and our, our bodies are filled with toxic, toxic anger. We are being carried to a place uh, to better understand the gravity of life and what our power is. Uh, and then I read an article, and I know sometimes self-help stuff is bullshit and sometimes it isn't. Uh, this is an article uh, by a woman named Courtney Carver uh, called For Your Best Health, Eight Things to Consider If You Are Sick and Tired. <laughs> and she wrote it for MS patients. But when I scrolled through it, um, because some days I'm sick and tired, <laughs> uh, well, and I've had shingles, everything. you know, and I've had shingles and I've, you know, uh, sometimes it's just too much. Uh, she, like I said, she wrote this for MS, but when I read it, I was like, oh, this is so helpful to anyone who's feeling like, you know, I can't wait for November. I can't wait till Mueller impeaches everybody and gets this all over us. I can't wait until all of this is over with. And I'm here to tell you folks, when all this is over with, our battle has just begun and we've got to keep our armor on for the rest of our lives. I'm sorry about that, but that's where we have been chosen to land on the timeline of history. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eight things to consider if you are sick and tired. Number one, build a team you can trust. Stay with your team. Community, community, community. She also talks about a medical team you can trust, find doctors you like, et cetera. But in this case, just stay with your community, build a community, and stick with it. Group care. Group care. You're not alone. You're not alone. Number two, remember, you know your body, and I would add, you know your psyche better than anyone else. Don't let anyone else tell you to shake it off or, you know, oh, you're just having a bad day or, oh, you just need to go take a break or, oh, you need it. Nobody knows better than you do what you need. Listen to yourself. Our favorite catchphrase around our house is, ladies, please. <laughs> do, would, you, <laughs> would you like me to mansplain or gaslight? Which would you prefer? You get a choice. Mm-hmm. And I, get six, I get six eye rolls and like, oh, he's being funny. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you are really outnumbered in this house now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by... by <laughs> Every measure imaginable, I am yeah. I am uh, an oppressed, a terribly oppressed <laughs> minority within my own house. Uh, number three, where you can reduce stress. That means uh, 
less worry, less fear, less busyness. And, and I will tell you, I have a friend that I work with on a regular basis, and she and I are polar opposites in how we deal with Trump. Yes. Her uh, method is to uh, immerse herself in the coverage and make sure she's really paying attention in a very intense way to everything. And, and that helps her feel in control, which is awesome. I can see it working for her. And so that works for her. It's fantastic. I'm so glad there are people like that in the world. For me, I need, and, and fortunately, again, I, I have a team I trust with Drift Glass who says, oh, no, no more Twitter for you today. <laughs> and he's not, you're not being patronizing. You are, being, you, are, you are saying that in a caring, loving way that you see that my mental state is at a place of harm. Yeah, no, and this is, so, yeah, it's yeah. saturation. It's no, yeah. no, no. It's, and I'm, it's, I'm crying at the laptop. It's like, it's time to pull me away. And you and I have this relationship where you can come to me and say, I really need a hug. And I can come to you and say, I really need a hug or I need a break or I can't write this piece. Can you do it? And so we work together on taking care of each other and keeping an eye out. So uh, that's that's really important. Uh, rest when you need to rest, fuel when you need to fuel, four and five. Rest when you need to rest, fuel when you need to fuel. And I really like the idea of making a list of things that make you feel better. And maybe that's doing postcards for voters. Sure. Uh, maybe that's joining a phone bank. Maybe that's going door to door for a candidate. I'm knocking doors uh, this weekend. I did it last weekend. Yep. Knitting, knitting for for cancer patients or new babies or preemie babies or whatever uh, helps me say, oh, I'm making a difference, right? I'm going to do this for half an hour because it makes a difference and I know it does and it's something that calms me and I don't have to have Twitter or the TV on while I'm doing it. I can take a break from that. Number six, don't try to do it all at once. Hello. <laughs> uh, number seven, don't give up. Make the world a better place in one way that you can. And then I, number eight is the last one, and it's the best one. Give hope all the time it needs to replace fear. There's only two emotions, folks, fear and love, fear and hope. That's it. Positive and negative. And the fear can be replaced by hope and love. We're with you. You are not alone. How we get there, we're going to get there in lots of little ways. There's going to be lots of little victories and lots of big victories and setbacks and bad days and days when we feel like the world is going to shit. Hope is stronger than fear. And we will get there together. That's what I have to say. Meanwhile, on the <laughs> other side of the spectrum of hopefulness. Yes, because we, oh. have, we have to hear of the I angry, bitter, Irish, scotch-laden professional, right? Oh, back in <laughs> 1411. Let me just tell my story there. <laughs> the oppression of my people. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I could, we I never should have let the Irish into this country, Drift Glass. No, the Irish are trash people. <laughs> Uh, but your your whole oh yeah that's right my whole no the Irish were the last good people led into this country. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I hear. That's yeah. what I hear from the right wing. When you scratch 
the the sandals with socks racist who was was pointing at and accusing the woman in the Puerto Rico t-shirt of not being an American. Uh-huh. Not only was she not an American, she is an American. She was wearing a Puerto Rico shirt because of World Cup and she had rented the space that he was arguing against her at. And then the cops show up and they're on his side. Right. And she's just like, what the fuck is wrong with this picture? Mm-hmm. Everything. Racism. Racism Everything. and Irishhood is what's wrong with this picture. Yeah. Well, you'll be happy to know. Yes, that, honey. Uh, I love you, even though you're Irish. <laughs> I, I love you, too. And I, I, I live that down. It, here, here are some observations from this week that I consider to be um, – this is the week of the Republican shit show, okay? This yeah, is the Republican right. This is the Republican witch hunts. This is the week that Donald Trump just took a bunch of Molotov cocktails and tried to nuke um, NATO, mm-hmm. uh, insult the British. This is the this is the day that they shut London down because the, the crowds were so large, they just clogged every street. Right, right. Everyone hates Donald Trump mm-hmm. except Vladimir Putin. And he's going tomorrow, today or tomorrow, uh, off to get uh, his good boy pat on his head and a couple of, you know, uh, chicken nuggets. From his boss. He's yeah, reporting to his yeah. boss for his for his performance review. And uh, two authoritarian congenital liars will sit in a room and cut some deals and there'll be no witnesses. And for 35 to 40% of this country, that's a dream come true. Right. And those people have to be deprived of political power at all at any cost. Um, it Those people have to stop having political power in this country. Uh, and we've tried reasoning with them. We've tried shaming them. We've tried presenting them with a compendium of information. We've tried presenting them with facts and history, quoting themselves to themselves. Um, we've tried to talk about where do you think this is going to go? What what will happen when 40 million people lose their health insurance again? And they don't have an answer. They just they just like to see liberals cry. Mm-hmm. So you're not dealing with, with rational, adult, um, politically intelligent humans. You're dealing with barbarians who don't think past their next fuck or shit. They don't have any long-term plans for anything other than making liberals cry. That will make them happy. They're miserable, angry, ingrown, bitter assholes. And the only relief they have from their horrible life is to inflict as much damage and misery and suffering and sadism on people who are weaker than them. That's how bullies operate. And so... Pardon me for not parsing each individual crime against humanity committed by the Republican Party this week because yeah. there were just too many of right. them. Um, but what I have noticed uh, in sort of a, a larger zoom it out to you know 40,000 feet level is that, um, for example, this week, uh, this week, Brett Stevens in the New York Times offered advice to Democrats. Just confirm Kavanaugh. Just do it. Just do it. Just shut up because liberals always cry wolf and Democrats should have learned that – you know, that virtue signaling in Park Slope isn't going to win a Senate election in Nevada, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I read these people. I read these are the cream of the crop. And I take a lot of hope in the fact that Brett Stevens and David Brooks and people like that um, have columns in The New York Times and The Washington Post. And the reason is that they are so soft mm-hmm. and inbred and mm-hmm. ridiculous that there is literally nothing keeping the right from collapsing under its own weight, under the weight of its duplicity and hypocrisy and depravity, but enormous amounts of cash from their billionaire uh, stakeholders and sponsors. And this very thin garment of respectability, the media keeps handing them over and over and over again. There are no public debates on any of this between actual 
lean and hungry liberals and these soft, pouty, bitchy, whiny um, cons- conservative intellectuals who, who presume to tell Democrats what they should do and think because they'd lose. Yeah. It, it is some – I take some comfort in the fact that these people are so so desperately inbred and and they're so aware of how weak they are and the fact that they 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 couldn't take one punch from a liberal. They would collapse completely and their their their, their job would be lost, their cause would be lost, everything would be lost. But they have to hide behind um, these sinecures in the media where they live. The second big target – and I'm going to – I'm just going to keep repeating this until everyone gets it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know our listeners get it. I know my readers get it. I hear it repeated back to me on Twitter. I see other people picking it up and running with it, and it delights me to do so. Uh, but I would like to point out that today was the day. This is literally 24 hours after the Republican shit show uh, when the Republican Party completely humili- humiliated itself. Um, someone reminded me that this is the tribe that rubs shit in its hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, a phrase I coined, I don't know, 40 or 50 years ago. <laughs> seems like now, uh, people who live in a cave only with each other, they only interact with each other, and they amuse themselves by rubbing their own shit in their hair. And they make their, their hair into big, wild designs and, and giant flotillas of, of architecture, and they amuse themselves. They think, them, they think it's glorious, and it smells bad, and it looks ridiculous, and it's horrifying to the average human being, but they don't talk to any, any actual people. They only Republicans only talk to each other. So... What happens is they go out in public every now and then, and people flee in horror and hide their children from these monsters with shit in their hair who come lumbering down the street talking about Benghazi and emails and Hillary and Peter Strzok and, and Donald Trump and conspiracies. Because what they believe and what they say make absolutely no sense to any rational human being. And what happened this week was the entire tribe that rubbed shit in its hair put on a show. Mm-hmm. In the Congress, and they absolutely humiliated themselves. It, it showed exactly that there's nothing left inside the Republican. There's nothing worth saving. There's not a single decent human being in it. It's just shit all the way down, and they couldn't see it themselves. They're not capable of understanding that we're not reacting because libs are weak, or that we cry easily, or that we uh, that it's just both sides. But they these people are doing active treasonous harm to our country and they've been doing it for decades and rather than and and the media would rather do anything give them anything seed anything to them let them torture children let them go into let them launch illegal wars they would rather do anything than admit the left was right all along yeah because that is the end of their business model that would be the end of american journalism as we know it Mm mm-hmm because mm-hmm. and I, this is a, something I, I suggested to Jay Rosen on Twitter, and he liked the idea, is that whether journalists like it or not, or want it or not, or even know it or not, they're not journalists anymore. They're combat correspondents. And they're combat correspondents in enemy territory. And they better get it through their fucking head really fast because the right is coming for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, after all of this, I flip open my Twitter today, actually my other Twitter, because this guy blocks me on my regular <laughs> And what do I learn from the chief political analyst at ABC News? Oh my Mr. gosh, Matt Dowd, your Matthew favorite. Dowd, he, he tells us, he tells the whole world, uh, this has 300, this has uh, 1,100 likes uh-huh. as of this moment. America is in desperate need of humble servant leaders who see compassion and unity as strength. I'm done with narcissists 
whether they are from the right or the left. Narcissists aren't the answer, nor is responding to hate with hate. Mm -hmm. We don't need more bullies. This is a guy who's who hasn't had nearly enough lunch money beaten out of him when he was in grade school. <laughs> All right. We don't need bullying, though. Come on. What we need are people to sock bullies in the face. Right. right. And I want to contrast that. Oh. I want to contrast that to David Hogg. Did you see David Hogg's tweet about career politicians? I did. Rookie mistake. <laughs> the rookie mm -hmm. mistake he made of not liking career politicians and wanting uh -huh. both sides to just t stop kids from being shot. And uh -huh. everyone on Twitter came to him very gently and said, David, there's only one party that can help you in your cause. Right. <laughs> because he's young and wants to be bipartisan sure. and idealistic and wants to be bipartisan. And uh, a whole bunch of people had to come over and say, you know. There just isn't that possibility anymore. And for a high school Only kid. One, yeah, and he's a high school kid, so everyone, no one shit on him. I mean, no. I, not one that I saw shit on him. No. It was just... If you want to win, there is only one side that's going to help you. But, but for a grown-ass man... But who this is, is somebody who, is, who has reached a professional level... Well, this is the chief architect of, of the 2004 Bush re-election campaign. Right, right. Who is right. also ABC News' chief political analyst. That's, yeah. Who's when you just, reach... This is why we go after elected officials, people in professional... You know, some random person on Twitter that's wrong, I, I tend to just say, okay... If I can be funny about it, that's one thing. But I don't if we really want to hold accountable people who have achieved a professional level mm -hmm. where they should be accountable. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. their job to be accountable. Yeah. And this is this is also the week. So this is, these are the targets that I pick because mm -hmm. there is no way to um, in, in the words of David Brin, science fiction author in his uplift trilogy. There's no mm -hmm. way to uplift Republicans. There's no way to make them evolve into decent, upright human beings. There just isn't. Right. This is who they are. This is who they're going to be. They're going to shop around till they find the crazy-ass news source that will tell them the fairy tales they want to hear. And they're just going to squat in that filth until they die. Mm -hmm. um, they're never going to mm -hmm. change. They're just I mean, I'm sure a few of them at the, uh, around the edges are going to become independents. And I'm goddamn sure that the minute the Trump administration goes up in flames, um, a whole bunch of them are suddenly going to break out their Tea Party rags and become independents again and swear they'd never heard of Donald Trump before. I'm absolutely sure of all of that because that's right. how these people right. do. They well, lie. And, and they're doing it backwards. They aren't doing it Tea Party way. They're doing it backwards and calling it Trumpism right. and isolating the moment that Trump came down the escalator until he leaves office as being some sort of bubble anomaly of politics yeah. and having nothing to do with Republicans before that and nothing to do with Republicans after that. And so Trumpism, you hear that word over. I've had huge fights on Twitter with people about this because they think I'm being mean to Steve Schmidt, who's on our side. Right. I know you've had these same arguments. I have. It, it's he is not allowed to use the word Trumpism. That is a lifeboat. That is a way of separating his party, this idealized Republican party that exists out in the ether that he can then come back to and rebuild, which will then take away my Social Security and Medicare mm -hmm. in some grand bargain and cut taxes for billionaires. And that's that's still, you know, th there's still a war on women in that Republican Party. There's still a war on health care for all in that Republican Party. No, you don't get to rebuild that party ever again. Well, and the flip side of that is this week I discovered 
mm-hmm. uh, much to my shock, that I have mystic weirding powers. Oh, yes, you do. You do. Isn't it but amazing? It's amazing. I, I, I really, and I'm, I'm reading now from my own blog, so I'm not really plagiarizing. I'm just reading my own <laughs> words. Um, I really thought that that weirding business was just a clever device by Frank Herbert. That he made up to move his. Dune. His by the way, everybody Dune. take a drink. Dune is science fiction, by the way. Yeah, this is uh, this is some of the more de- this is DNA that Mr. Charlie Pierce and I also share. Uh, he's a big <laughs> yes, fan of did. he's a, he's a big fan of of Muad'Dib and Quizeth uh, Hadarach and the entire uh-huh. Dune. Uh-huh. Uh, well, a couple of books, the rest of them. Yeah. Um, but I really thought that having a voice that literally changed people's brains and forced them to do what you thought they were going to, what you wanted them to do was just something he made up because (laughs) as a shitty liberal blogger for the last 13 years, up until today, there was absolutely no evidence whatsoever anywhere that I had ever had any influence on anyone's opinion about anything. I was going to say you're, you for as long as I've known, you've been a nobody in the, right. in the, you aren't even, you and I don't even have blue check marks on Twitter. No, we don't have blue check marks. We, we do not exist on some of the finer blogs, blog roles. Uh, we just don't <laughs> exist. I mean, people, people quote us and I, I coined the most famous phrase of the last 10 years, um, which the good people at Merriam Webster still won't acknowledge, but, um, dumpster fire, dumpster fire, but I'm, I'm nobody. I have never influenced anybody. I, I, my listeners and readers are delightful people, but they're a small group within a small group within a small group. But this is what I have. This is the platform I have. It's built, you know, you and I built the platforms that we have by ourselves yep. with no support and no help and no infusion of media cash. I want to no thank support. the listeners who sent us these microphones we're speaking into. Absolutely. This, yeah. These microphones we're speaking, this Samsung microphone I'm speaking into right now is donated by a listener. Yep. So this is, mm-hmm. this is do it yourself. Yeah. Um, and we're sitting literally a mile away from a cornfield, yep. four miles away from Lincoln's tomb doing this every week. So mm-hmm. we this is mom and pop podcasting at its best or worst or however you however you rate it. But this is our thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. La Cosa Nostra. This is our thing. And so and I've been blogging now for 13 and a half years, going on 14 years next year. And I have never had anyone even suggest that anything I've ever said influenced anyone to do anything. But suddenly, I'm getting a lot of cautionary tales that all it will take for Democrats to lose in the fall is a few posts from me casting a critical eye on the good faith of our freshly minted Never Trump besties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And apparently, our Never Trump besties who've been Republicans their whole life and have been you know, down in the dirt calling people like us traitors and liars and monsters and goons and losers and welfare queens are also apparently so incredibly fragile. Yeah. That a couple of posts by a nobody blogger in a cornfield will flip them right around <laughs> and drive them right back into the arms of Donald Trump. So, yes, yes, and, and, yes. But my posts for from for these people, as salty as my language gets sometimes, really just comes down to asking them some very simple, blunt questions about what is the nature of this true conservatism of which you speak? Where have you been for the last 30 years? Right. Why do you keep pretending that Rush Limbaugh never happened and Newt Gingrich doesn't exist and you weren't a part of all this? What is responsible for you, especially especially since for the last 30 years you've been lecturing the rest of us on personal fucking responsibility without end? All right. Well, and, I, and I also think their focus on Donald Trump – solely as the problem and this yes. goes back to trumpism and not on the political consultant who has made those ugly ms13 ads in right. the, in since trump was elected right in your never trump lifetime there are republican consultants making racist ads 
and counting on the racism of the Republican base for votes and money. Mm -hmm. If you are a never Trumper who is aghast at Trump's white nationalism and racism, you need to out your colleagues who are banking on that racism for success. The Willie Horton ad was just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. But you ought to be outing the people who made that, Nicole Wallace, because you were, I believe, on that campaign. You believe that George H.W. Bush is God. His campaign made the Willie Horton ad. No, yeah, George H.W. Bush H- made the Willie yeah, Horton George H.W. Bush's presidential campaign against Michael Dukakis made the Willie Horton ad. Banked on the racism of white America for votes and success. That need, there needs to be accountability for that in the Republican Party. Not well, Trump. And, and- Trump is just just using what is, was already there. The number of, of Trump primary voters who said, he's saying what I'm thinking. Build a wall. Keep the Mexicans out. White nationalism. He's saying what I'm thinking. That was already there. These voters did not fall off a truck and decide to vote for Trump for the first time in their lives they're going to vote. That is not the case. They were Mm -hmm. Republican primary voters, registered Republicans. And he got more Republican primary votes than any other candidate in history Mm -hmm. by parroting what was being said on Fox and Fox Business. And on hate radio for the last radio For the last, right. Mm -hmm. Decades. And and here's the thing. Um, well, first of all, this August, next month, will be the 30th anniversary of Rush Limbaugh being syndicated nationally. Oh, my gosh. 30 years. 30 years these people have been steeping in this filth, mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. treason, in this racism, and loving every minute of it. So pretending that somehow Donald Trump is this, is this anomaly at the end of the bell curve mm-hmm. is is bullshit. And you know, and the thing is, they know it's bullshit. Nobody works on a political campaign. Believe me, just as a as a lowly door knocker, nobody works on a political campaign. Certainly, no one organizes a political campaign without knowing who their voters are, right. what their voters want to hear, and how to tell it to them in a way that will get them to the polls. And if you don't know any of that, you should be fired. Paid political consultants who make a humongous amount of money in the age of Citizens United, that's where the money's going, are worth their weight in gold because they know that sort of thing, right? Sure they do. And it was not an accident, Steve Schmidt, that when your very bestest friend, John McCain, wanted to win in 2008, Mm -hmm. finally decided, screw it, I'm going for it, I'm going to roll the dice, one of his very first stops was going down to Liberty University to kiss Jerry Falwell's racist ass. Right. And, and this is somebody that John McCain, to his credit, rebuked eight years before and was steamrolled by George W. Bush and Karl Rove using a series of, shall we say, racist push polls, mm-hmm. whisper campaigns, mm-hmm. and the usual rat fuckery yep. that Republicans deploy to win elections. Because the Republican Party knows goddamn well that the bulk of their voters are racist assholes who need to hear some which way, through a push poll, through a whisper campaign, through an ad, through through a wink and a nod. Right, that John Ryan McCain Ray- has a black baby. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Ronald Reagan going down to Philadelphia and Mississippi and talking about wink, wink, states' rights. They need to hear that we understand we can't talk about this shit in the open, but you know where we stand. Right. That's the compact the Republican Party has made with its voters for, since for since 1960. Since the Southern, our, my entire lifetime. Yeah. yeah. 
And the idea that Steve Schmidt is going to sit up there and pretend that this is all a complete fucking surprise to him. Yeah, yeah. And, and Nicole Wallace is utterly shocked. But here's the here's the flip side of that. We've been very clear that you're welcome to join our party. Mm-hmm. You're welcome to to come on over to the light side and keep most of your beliefs intact. But you got to do certain things. You got to confess. You got to atone, and you got to repent. Right. You got to admit that this is your problem. That you created this. That you were wrong. You got to say it. Because if you don't say it, we're right back to Tea Party land in 2000 and, and 2009. And you that check care. already. You have cashed that check. Yeah. We've given you one chance after another after another. And that's the that's the part about, about Matthew Dowd's. Not we. We haven't given you that chance. But society and the media in particular have given you multiple chances to reinvent your party after failure. And that's, that's, the, that's the strong point I have, the strong disagreement I have with Matthew Dowd, who is a fundamentally ridiculous <laughs> person. Because the response to him desperately in need of humble servant leaders is, we had one. Mm-hmm. You, we had one, you asshole, for eight years. We had one. We had exactly the sort of person you describe. We had exactly the sort of person David Brooks prays for every week. And the Republican Party hated that man so much, they nominated and elected an openly racist madman mm-hmm. Precisely because he promised to burn down everything Obama had ever touched. The problem is the Republican Party. And if the words both sides do it or it's only Trump come out of your mouth, you are you're lying Mm -hmm. and you goddamn well know you're lying. And I can't trust a liar inside my perimeter because the minute I turn my back, you'll knife me in the back and 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 steal away all my shit. And you'll go right back to nominating Ted Cruz. Right. You, and, and you know, Jennifer Rubin does, has done. She's the right done the thing. right thing. I was wrong. I didn't know how many racists were in my party, and now I know. I, I thought they were the fringe. They, they weren't. weren't. Yep. And you know, you know who I have hoped for, Blue Gal? I don't really. Uh, but uh, David Brooks today, literally today, David Brooks discovered racism. <laughs> you know, in the I'm very hour, excited. 2018, he's discovered racism. Yeah. Really? He, his his column. Did Dinesh uh, D'Souza help? Uh, well, Dinesh D'Souza is implied, of course, in, in every punctuation mark David Brooks uses. Dinesh D'Souza but, uh, called uh, a, another Twitter user this week a little weenie, and irony curled up and died. Yeah. No, this is the week that David Brooks, uh, his column today, The Quiet Death of Racial Progress. <laughs> and I'm like, quiet? quiet? Are, really? What? Really? I, I get it. I get it when you're riding down the Acela corridor in the quiet car and you're wearing earmuffs made of Charles Murray books that it may seem very quiet. But outside of Mr. Brooks's little terrarium, it's been loud as fucking hell for decades. I love you, Drift Class. I love you, too. And you know who told David Brooks that this was yeah. happening? Everybody. A guy named Ta- a guy named Ta-Nehisi yeah. Coates. Yeah. Who, by the way, fun fact, America, ta Coates' book is that which is being read by Luke Cage in the first episode of Yes, Luke Cage he's sitting season. in a barber chair reading Ta-Nehisi Coates' book. Yes, he is. And and believe me, Mr. Coates did not dedicate his book to David Brooks, but he, <laughs> he, he, he published it. And David Brooks, three years ago, not 30 years ago, three years ago, almost exactly to the day, Wrote a column called "Listening to Tana Listening to Ta-Nehisi Coates While White," uh-huh. and it was the most condescending, patronizing, privileged white mayonnaise bullshit you've ever read in your life. Uh, because he's like, I guess as a white person, am I allowed to have a difference of opinion? Can I differ with you? I mean, I respect your opinion, but and and this is the this is the 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 sentence that I just I lived and died by. Just I, I laughed and laughed so hard I could barely write. Um, he accuses Ta-Nehisi Coates. 
of of refusing to acknowledge that the American dream, while sullied, is not a flimflam. It's real. And he tells Mr. Coates, by dissolving the dream under the acid of excessive realism, you trap generations in the past and destroy the guiding star that points to a better future. It's very sad. And then sad. he dabs his, the he corners asked, of his eyes with his lace handkerchief. Is that it? Yeah. He did. That, that, and I got to say that dissolving the dreams of under the acid of excessive real, realism may only be equaled in patronizing mm-hmm. smarm uh, to when Mr. Brooks was an Iraq yeah. war pimp and talked about the jewels mm-hmm. of nuance. Mm-hmm. How all those liberal libtards out there didn't understand that George Bush is a genius and they don the jewels of nuance. They dance in the gray. They don't understand that we're right and you're wrong. So shut up and sit down again. David Brooks, it doesn't exist in their world until it kicks the door down and grabs them by the throat. And then suddenly racism is a problem. And our job therefore is to kick the door down. Yeah. Well, and, and drift glass, uh, in in addition to Donald Trump giving the son Rupert Murdoch interview yesterday and this morning saying <laughs> I didn't say any of that stuff that's on that tape, right? He had a whole bunch of white nationalism in that interview, but you shouldn't you yeah. you Europeans should have never let the immigrants in. There are now places I don't recognize, and you changed the culture of your country by doing this and how terrible it is. You just mm-hmm. never should have let brown people into your countries Wake right up white people i mean it, it's white nationalist it's absolute flat out white nationalist why would why weren't you more hitler that's that is really his thing right. he says in this that is his analysis of the european situation i'm not saying i'm not saying that he wanted to mark the d-day invasion anniversary by saying this was the day that thousands of patriotic germans defended their country against the uh encroachment of polyracial monsters from America. Mm -hmm. But in his heart of hearts, I think Donald Trump really believes the wrong side won that war. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Deep down inside. Mm -hmm. Uh, He appreciates power and dominance of of white men. Yeah. And flattery and money. Yeah. And flattery and money. Drift Glass, I would like to applaud one person who I feel this week uh, did uh, show evidence of for now or for today, being a principled Republican. Uh, and that's Rod Rosenstein. Yes. I have make very, very, very mixed feelings about Rod Rosenstein. Yeah. But uh, today when he uh, put forward the uh, indictments of Russian nationals involved in the Russian uh, security apparatus. The you attack know, on our election. Right. And their attack on our elections, mm-hmm. but all connected back to Putin's spy network. I mean, right. this is all now connected to the Kremlin. And uh, <laughs> it's a very bad day for Roger Stone. And it's a very <laughs> bad day for uh, uh, for a lot of people. For WikiLeaks. Um, we love for, WikiLeaks. For WikiLeaks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it turns out, you know, uh, the hacking started the day Donald Trump said, Russia, if you're listening. Uh, find Hillary's emails. Uh, and Guccifer wasn't just some random guy hacker out there for himself looking for stuff. Might be a guy in his bedroom. Who we knows? don't know. 400 guy. pound guy. We don't know. No, it was Putin's secret service spy network working for him to do this. Okay. But Rod Rosenstein also uh, 
made some points about um, interfering, domestic interference with the investigation, with uh, leaks, with uh, pretending that you know stuff that that you can't possibly know in the investigation, and uh, with a very uh, <laughs> pointed eye towards the House Republicans, uh, basically said, you know, you guys aren't conducting this investigation and uh, knock it off. Now, they won't knock it off, but no, of course not. Uh, he, w- he was a prince. I felt like today I was listening to a principled person mm-hmm. who was defending uh, his agency and the work of Robert Mueller. And I was proud of that. Well, you know what, Blue Gal? Sounds like you've donned the jewels of nuance. <laughs> <laughs> I don and- the jewels every day, Drift Glass. Let me you tell do, you. And you look damn sexy in the <laughs> baby. And, uh, and I'm sorry that your heart is breaking, though, Drift Glass. Yeah. Yeah, Can we just talk, sum up with that, uh, why your heart is breaking in well, this election I campaign? Mention, I do want to mention that uh, Donald Trump, uh, while all this, the rest of this was going on, mm-hmm. uh, the Senate confirmed a guy named Brian Benchikowski, yes, I'm right. sure I'm mispronouncing, to be the guy next in line to replace Rosenstein, yeah. the Department of Justice, yeah. a man with direct heavy ties to, to Vladimir Putin and no, virtually no uh, courtroom experience. So that's exciting. He did the same thing with uh, NASA, apparently. He uh, appointed as the number two guy at NASA, the guy who's currently the Senate's deputy sergeant at arms. He's an uh, idiot. I don't, yeah, I don't know why. Other than, you know, firing a bullet has ballistic, mm-hmm. you know, characteristics and so does space Every travel. Every single appointment that this monster makes is illegitimate. Uh, apparently Brent Kavanaugh, who yeah. we didn't talk about because <laughs> it's been a big old taco full of bullshit right, this week. Right. Uh, recently described Roe versus Wade as part of a, quote, tied to freewheeling judicial creation of unenumerated rights. Uh-huh. What does that What does that mean? That means your right of privacy is going away. Well, and your that's right going to be autonomy. really interesting for senior citizens who uh, might want to make private decisions with their doctors about uh, their right to die, their right to hospice care, their right to et cetera, et cetera, with if he's going to run everything f- by 1960s Catholicism before he decides, uh, which appears to be what, you know, he's doing. Uh, Right to privacy and a private decision with your doctor has ramifications that a whole lot of MAGA people, it's like tariffs, a lot of MAGA people aren't paying attention to that. Yeah. And uh, tariffs are, tariffs sound like fun until your Trump-loving soybean farmer down the road suddenly has no place for his products. Right, right. And then, you know what he wants when he finds out there's no place to sell his stupid soybeans? He wants to blame Obama. He wants to know what the evil government's going right. to do. Right. Oh, no. Oh, immediately. Immediately. Yep. And and when your health care costs uh, go up, it's going to be the same thing. Yep. And uh, just as a, a, a final little note, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we're not talking about because there literally is just too much. Bill Shine's wife, you know, the new guy who's going to control. I'm glad you mentioned uh, that. He's going to fit right in. He's going to fit, fit right, right in. in. And I am so proud of Youngest Child this week. I had that quote from Mrs. Shine up on my screen, and I was looking up whether anyone at Crooks and Liars had written about it yet, and turned out they had. But I had the quote up on my screen, and it was, you know, of course women in the military should expect harassment. They have 4,000 horny sailors on their ship, and what do you expect if you're going to go into that work environment? You're going to have that blah, blah, blah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Youngest child walked into my office and, and saw that. And read it, and she said, who is that? And I explained to her who it was and that it was somebody's wife and it wasn't a, an actual official, but 
it's offensive to a lot of people. And, you know, I tried to give her the 50 cent tour without you calling her <laughs> the C word <laughs> yeah. in yeah. front of my daughter, trying not to teach her to do that. Um, and, and, and youngest child immediately said, that's like blaming a woman who's raped for being raped. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and said, someone raised you right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. She got it right away. She just immediately like, oh, oh no. So I'm proud of I'm proud of that. Very, very proud of that. And now talk about your heartbreak, Drift Glass. Yeah, let, let's dial it back to Illinois. <clears throat> J.B. Pritzker, who we're certainly going to vote for for governor. Who's going to um, be the next governor? I, that, next that's governor. not even a question. Yeah. Um, is running a series of commercials about workforce development and manufacturing in Illinois. Which is your bailiwick. I, that's what I used to do for a living. Yeah. Until the Great Recession uh, cost me my job for political reasons. Uh, that was my thing. I was one of the creators of that vocabulary of talking about uh, economics in terms of of targeted sectoral training, specifically in manufacturing, mm-hmm. specifically a skills gap that was coming down the road in ten or fifteen years in the future or, or sooner. And it's here that could be <laughs> that's here. Um, and my little team built up enough political capital to to open a high school to open a, a specific freestanding workforce center that specialized in this. Uh, we got funding for it, a significant amount of funding for it. Uh, then the Great Recession came along. And so we did a lot of really groundbreaking work. This this is this is an area I know very, very well. And I know exactly what the multiplier effect is from manufacturing jobs and the economic benefits that happen. And every time you create a manufacturing job, you create two or three more in the economy. So you get a lot of bang for your buck. I could talk about this shit for hours, and I used to talk about this yep. shit for hours. You used to train used people to have, on how it worked. Yeah, yeah, yep. I used to have you know access to budgets in the tens of millions of dollars uh, to to do this sort of thing. We we uh, we figured out how to use TIF money to fund this sort of thing, which was absolutely revolutionary. Um, it wasn't being done anywhere anywhere else in the country. Then comes the recession. Uh, then, for purely political reasons, uh, I found out I didn't have a job anymore. I was doing a great job. I got a pat on the back and shown the door. And every one of my projects crashed and yeah. burned. Yeah. Um, I handed them off to people who didn't know what they were doing. I begged them to please treat them with respect and treat them as as a way to get us through the recession and on the other side of it, that people depended on these things um, for jobs that I was suddenly going to be without. And uh, that reasonable person, uh, Barack Obama, who wanted to do all of this <laughs> sort of thing, was told by the Republican Congress we have to do austerity right. now. Got to cut, 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 cut. So, uh, I, and I'm, and now JB Pritzker is doing ads, and so are some state senators also doing political ads about uh, workforce development and bringing jobs to downstate and training, and and it's all just right things that Driftglass has been saying since 2008 in our house and, about what what can really help the economy. Well, things I've been working on, I used to work on yeah. since 2000. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it, it, so it does, it just, that stings. I, I appreciate the fact yeah. that he's doing it. I appreciate the fact that it's, it's the vocabulary and message and funding and all that stuff. He got all that shit right, but it really does just hit me right where it's sore yeah. that I am out of work. I'm going to be out of work for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm never going to see another full-time job. Certainly not one with benefits Yeah, and watching things that I helped build that I was really instrumental in creating and launching. Um, sailing off into the world and doing good work and having no way to attach myself to it, to help out with it, to uh, get myself employed, moving that, that, that along because things happened. Yeah. 
And that breaks my heart a little bit. Yep. Send five bucks, five fifty for my birthday. And each week we post our to our Facebook page and website. An internet kitty sent by you, the listeners. This week's internet kitty is Coco, who likes to bite your book while you are reading it. He likes book biting. <laughs> you can see him on our Facebook page and website. Coco is biting a book. Send your internet kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. Tossing confetti in the air. If you want to write us, write us. If you don't want to write us, don't write us, but send five bucks. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email, uh, your letter, or the memo line on your check mm-hmm. <laughs> on the air, unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage, iced or hot, for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job, Drift Glass. This is our job. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and you can too. And it's my birthday on Monday. See our website, proleftpod.com, for details, our PayPal, our postal address, our uh, GoFundMe and our Patreon are all there at ProLeftPod.com. Please share our show on Facebook or Twitter, and thank you so much for doing that. Hey, Driftglass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties are both looking forward to seeing Devin Nunez under oath, on TV, and sweating like the pig that knows it's on the menu. And they'd also like to wish Mama a really, really happy birthday. Thank you, Driftglass. I love you. Love you, baby. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, lovey dovey. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2018, DGBG Productions Incorporated.